Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is the Pop Box Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I'm sure I'm glad you did. This is a pre-record. What that means is um, a couple days before we broadcast this out on uh, everywhere, that uh, I sat down, usually via Skype, uh, with the guest. We do this if the guest is um, out of North America and um, or the U.S., really, uh, to save on, you know, phone, because we talk for like an hour and stuff. That just, if, if you're, you know, if you're calling in from, you know, wherever, uh, that can really add up. So uh, we do it that way, and it, it, it works out well for us. It works out well. Um, I was super uh, fortunate to be able to sit down uh, with today's guest uh, the other day, and um, my mind was blown, baby. I'm telling you, blown. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, returning uh, guest Darcy Weir, he's my uh, my go-to uh, UFO, cryptid, um, all things mysterious friend. Uh, he uh, directed and co-wrote uh, the the documentary we're going to be talking about today, and also uh, one of the uh, men in the doc- documentary. Um, the fascinating crop circle expert and historian, Mr. Gary King, joined us, and we talked crop circles. Now, I've seen crop circles, like, in on the TV and in books and stuff. I had no idea just how um, weird they are uh, and mysterious and strange and fascinating. I just uh, had a really good time. So, uh, without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Blog Talk Radio. How are you gentlemen doing today? We're doing great. Good, thank you, yeah. Very cool. Well, a, a new documentary out. A new mind-bending uh, documentary. Crop circles this time, Darcy. Very interesting. Yes, indeed. I, I aim to please, Jamie. <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was fantastic. Did... um. Now, uh, did you know Gary beforehand, or uh, did you guys meet during all of this? I knew of Gary beforehand because I had seen the event called 777. Uh, We show that in the documentary as well, uh, where, you know, back in July 7, 2007, he was uh, a young man there camping out over East Field and the UK countryside on a on a hill. And there was some kind of sort of paranormal uh, phenomenon that happened at night. There was a flash of light. And as they woke up and saw the sun coming up, um, they saw one of these crop circle designs laid out before them. Really? Uh, yeah. That was so, me out. I had heard about that. I always wanted to work with Gary King. I saw that he was working with Jaime Malasson. I've made a couple documentaries in the past with Jaime. And um, 
decide to work with Gary on this, and he really has been researching this for over 20 years. He's walked in over 900 crop circles himself as they've appeared over the years, uh, and it's just a wealth. He's you know uh, full of knowledge on this phenomenon. That's amazing, Gary. Nice to meet you, by the way. Um, wow. Was this the first time you had come across a crop circle uh, phenomenon? You mean in 2007? Yes. No, I'd been involved uh, at that point for 10 years. I started in in 1997, and I spent 10 years kind of keeping my head down. Um, I didn't want to bounce around, you know, um, shouting this, that, and the other. I just wanted to do my own kind of research. Um, and so I spent 10 years studying the books and going to conferences and talking to, you know, various researchers to find out any, you know, to get answers to any particular questions I had. And then on the 10th anniversary, uh, I'd gone back to university in Cardiff um, to do a degree in language and communication. And I was on my summer break. So I thought right, I'd take my trailer down to Wiltshire and spend the summer there, six, eight weeks, bouncing around the crop circles. And it was during that time that um, I decided to do a night watch. And because of the date, the 7th of July 2007, I thought, lucky 777, let's give it a go. Um, my girlfriend came with me. And when we got onto the top of the hill, there was a a UFO researcher already set up there with cameras and various other things to to try and catch UFOs. He'd actually had an experience 20 years before where he'd seen a ball of light go over a field and create a crop circle. And for 20 years, he'd successively driven down from North Yorkshire with more and more sophisticated equipment he could get his hands on to try and catch it again. And this particular night, um, we all met up uh, you know, coincidentally, I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, and we, we sat down and he scanned across the field with his infrared kind of camera and showed us the field through the darkness and said he'd been recording to video since 11 o'clock, which is, you know, when it's still light in the UK. Mm. Um, and then about 20 past three in the morning, there was a big white flash of light. When we got up um, about 15 minutes after that and looked through the viewfinder of the camera, we could clearly see this thousand-foot crop circle consisting of 150 individual circles laid out in the field before us in the darkness, but we couldn't see it with our eyes at that point. We had to wait for the sun to come up about 20 minutes mm. later. And then me and my girlfriend went, went and walked in it. And we, if you see the footage of us walking into it, you see that we're like ants just in this huge, vast formation that goes stretches right across this field. Well, yeah, they're really big. And I'll tell you something. Now, I, I know people, some people are like, well, it's just, you know, kids or something. I was a bad kid. I um, I have spray-painted walls and, and all kinds of stuff. I, me and my friends did not have the mental capacity or wherewithal to plan. When you see some of the pictures of these things, there's so much detail and so much into that. And I'm telling you, man... 16-year-old kids with boards and ropes, it, it ain't going to do it. It just isn't, you know? No, it's a stupid explanation, really, the more you look at it. Oh, yeah, I couldn't do that, you know? I couldn't do it now. I couldn't do it, especially when I was a kid, you know? Um, yeah. No. The, the conditions that they show up to, Jamie, you know, uh, no one's been able to replicate it. We've... Jaime Malson in the documentary talks about how he offers $100,000 to, mm-hmm. you know, a couple individuals that can produce 
a elaborate, geometrically perfect and symmetrical from the sky uh, crop circle glyph. You know, he would give mm. them a, a pattern to work from that, you know, supposedly showed up under ominous circumstances before. And um, the way that you have to do this is in the cover of night with no lights, right? Um, you know, and work throughout the night, make sure that it shows up before dawn. And, um, and basically uh, it has to be almost perfect, you know, and, and that is how many of these crop circles have showed up over the ages. Um, especially the, you know, the other added fact is many of the crop are not damaged. Like they're still growing. And when we look at Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley's examples, they took a wood board and a rope and they crunched down the crop and it breaks the crop. That, that crop, you, you can't see that growing anymore after that, you know? So how these are created under the circumstances and situations that they are in many different types of crop, might I add, canola, soy, canola, the stems are like as thick as celery stalk. Mm. So how they're manipulating that without breaking it and not damaging the flowers, it's incredible. And, you know, added to that, the complexity of many of these showing up on hills, not just on a flat surface. Right. And Gary's Gary's talked about this in the past. Uh, there was a marketing campaign that a beer company, Asahi, a Japanese company, uh, contracted a team of 40 engineers to construct just their label in a flat uh, wheat crop. This took the men, uh, you know, using... Uh, telemetry, satellite uh, posts that were um, helping them get the most scientific measurements right. from above and uh, do this in a wheat field. And that was just to make a beer label, and it took them a week to do this. <laughs> not okay? overnight. Not, not in not, half an hour. Not in, not in <laughs> half an hour, five minutes, or Whoa. you know, three hours. Some of these things have shown up. Uh, after an ultralight plane is flown over a crop and, uh, you know, it wasn't there one moment and then 30 minutes, this massive design is, is laid out in the middle of the day. So it's like, how, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm old enough to know that we don't know everything, um, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I tell you, it's, the thing about the crop circles is that they're, they're so non-threatening, it even adds almost to a creepiness to it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. It's just so out of the realm of, of normalcy, you know. Um, and like you said, the, the, these crops aren't damaged. You know, they're just laid over. Um, I don't, I, you know, my brains, the gears are turning on how you would do that. I can't figure that out. I don't know. I mean, maybe a like a leaf, you'd have to have a big leaf blower, and yeah. I think that would work. <laughs> you know? There's all sorts of explanations. You know, satellites from space. The military decided. They were, all the generals sat around the table and thought, right, what, we, what do we need to do to scare the life out of Saddam Hussein? I know one of them said, we'll build a satellite and we'll fly it around the planet and we'll make pretty patterns in the middle of the fields. That will shit the life out of them. And so millions and millions of billions of pounds have been spent on military technology that make them just to fool the odd you know, crop circle research oh, or man. new age 
Solaris. You know, the, the, the explanations range hedgehogs making love. Uh, mm. there's, been, there's been so many explanations. But the bottom line is, if, you've got, if, you, if you walk onto crop, you break it. Right. Okay? You break it. If you use boards to stamp it down and then scrape those boards across the crop while you're continually walking around in it, imagine, imagine how big the, one of the legs of these crop circle makers must be. Because right. they spend five hours on one leg. Essentially, <laughs> right, going up and down hills in clay, in clay, clay kind of mud, which they don't put any of the mud onto the onto the uh, crop. It's all perfectly clean. I mean, I mean, there's just so many things that if you actually take the time to pay attention, you say this is impossible. This is not possible. And, and if you ask, like Jaime, like uh, Darcy just said, Jaime put up a hundred grand. Said, all right, show us, show right. us how you do it. They don't. No, they can't. Exactly. They can't. And it, it's just, it's weird. Let me ask you this, um, Gary. When, now, when you, because you, you've been in these crop circles and whatnot, <laughs> I've never even seen one except on the TV and in books and, and things uh, like that. Um, I, I, I almost want to see one. I would love to it. Uh, but I, do you have like, does it, I've been to places where you kind of get like a weird vibe, like a weird feeling, you know, just a, just a general like, Hmm, something ain't right here, you know. Um, do you ever experience that when you go into these uh, these formations? Absolutely. Um, we, 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 we coined a technical phrase for it years ago, and we called it, you get zapped. Mm. Um, and and the, each crop circle um, has different, can have potentially different effects on you, and the effect that it has on you will be different from the effect it has on somebody else and so there, there is a meeting of the human and energetic interface of the crop circle which results in a different emotional or cognitive response uh, I'll give you one story uh, there, and, and there are many um, I've had the privilege of taking lots of people to crop circles as a, as a guide and I've watched so many different people's reactions before, during and after very mm -hmm. interesting uh, I'll give you one story. We were, my girlfriend and I were on our way to the solstice, for our, the Avery for the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. uh, this would have been oh, 2008, something like this, okay? And we drove past the field on the A361, and my girlfriend, who was always really good at picking these things, that cop's in the field over there. Oh, one hasn't been reported today because I'm in the loop when I'm in England, and I got, I've got a bunch of little, you know, contact farmers, microlite pilots who will let me know. You got birds. I've got the little birds, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so I, I hadn't heard of anything. So so we said, oh, it looks here, actually. It looks like something. Let's investigate. So we get out of the car, and we walk into this field, and there's this fantastic design. And one of the things on the ground about crop circles, which I've always loved to do with people I thank to them, is not show them a picture of the overhead before you go in. Okay. Because when you're, when you're in it, you have no idea what it is from above. It's impossible to know. And, and then when you see a picture of it, the, the reaction on people's faces is priceless. It's like they've just seen a magician disappear, you know, the Empire State Building, because they just think, how the hell is that what we're standing in? So we walk into this crop circle, and there's this barley, and barley's the best, the best medium for the crop circles. It's just got these wispy little hairs at the top, and it, it's just, well, there's, there's an added dimension of beauty to it when you go inside. So we walk inside, and 
and uh, we were walking around thinking, right, this is this is pristine. All the all the little swirls, all the little tufts, all the little tiny details. Like for example, you'll walk to the edge, okay, and there'll be all the crops will be going in a clockwise direction of the mm. main body of the crop. You'll go to the edge where where the where the standing crop meets the laid down crop, and you'll find one or two stems that go in the opposite direction all the way around. So I'm really? supposed to say, oh yeah, that happens regularly. And and so, you know, the person who made the crop circle decided just to put this detail in that not 99% of people are never ever going to notice or see. That would be so hard to do. And yeah, you've got, what are you going to do? Get down on your knees and walk around the whole perimeter of it first, which represents hundreds and hundreds of meters just to lay two crops down and then go the other way. So you see little details like this, you know, regularly. And then we go around in the crop circle. I take a series of photos with my cell phone. Um, and then we, remember, we were on our way to the solstice. We've been geared up to stay up all night and howl at the moon and, and dance, you know, dance around the fire with all the other people. We come out of the crop circle and we're both absolutely exhausted. Get back in the car, get back in the car, drive home and sleep for 16 hours. Whoa. And then when we look at the photographs that I took on my phone, none of them come out. That's weird. So there are, you know, just numerous examples like that where you just can't explain it. What, what, did, it, what did it do to us? We got that. I mean, the 777 one, Paul and I walked into that. It's on film, us walking into it. Every step we took, we felt static electricity. It was like crackle, crackle, crackle with every step mm. we took. We had a headache for a week. A week. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s this is a message from the centers for disease control and prevention older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from covid19 if you are at higher risk you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with their rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering Amethyst. 
energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Obviously, there's something, I mean, that, that's causing this and, and going on. And, you know, it's just, it's fascinating because it's so mysterious and um, just so strange and weird, you know. Um, and, and you know, but these guys made a documentary about it, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, it's very cool. We have a link up to the uh, the page and whatnot. I'm looking at our, our show page and um, we're also going to have a link up directly. You can watch this on iTunes, I believe, uh, and uh, Apple Video, they might call it now. Uh, it, it's the iTunes is what it is. Um, and, and you can rent or buy this. Um, this is amazing, Darcy. This is amazing. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I feel like, yeah, I feel like... Uh, it was important to make this documentary because, you know, everybody hears about UFOs these days and mm -hmm. it seems to become uh, becoming a more and more mainstream subject, um, meaning that there's more and more information release happening from the mainstream news outlets about, uh, you know, military involvement with certain events that are happening. And... You know, you can look at the drive.com just published uh, these destroyers that were swarmed by UFOs uh, recently off the coast of the Pacific, mm. um, California coast. And you've also got, you know, the Nimitz and the Tic Tac UFOs and all this stuff happening, uh, coming from the Pentagon. Interestingly enough, this is a phenomenon that's been happening for just as long as UFOs, and UFOs are associated. There's actually been UFOs, uh, orbs recorded flying over top of these crops and possibly laying down one of the formations in the past. Um, it's linked. They're not all made by man, and I think it's an underrepresented 
phenomenon, and it was important for people to uh, be exposed to this again. That's why I wanted to make this documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope people get something out of it uh, when they watch. And, uh, you know, just to add to where people can check it out, if they go to my website, oldcultjourneys.com, mm-hmm. um, I'll have the poster there, the trailer. They can read about some of my other films. And if they just click the film poster, the image, mm-hmm. it goes right through to a site where they can stream the film. Oh, excellent. Well, there you go. Well, fantastic. I, um, well, yeah, and we'll have that link up as well on the show page, and uh, it, all these links will follow the podcast and, and everything. Um, I wanted to ask you, Darcy, because you're kind of my, my go-to friend on um, on all things UFO. <laughs> you know, you kind of are. You're the, you're the expert I happen to know. And, uh, well, now I know uh, Mr. Gary King as well for Crop Circles. Um but Darcy, I wanted to get your, and maybe Gary, you have some insight on this too. There have been a lot of uh, things released by the Navy and, 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 and the government here in the U.S. And it's just, you know, they mention it on the news and, oh, okay, well then, you know, I, I, do we have just too, so much other BS going on? that Because I, I see that and I think, well, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, that warrants more than a minute and a half on the news. Um, I mean, I just... People aren't taken to the streets with this, you know. I I think it's amazing, you know, amazing at the very least. Um, what do you guys think about this? Sorry, what was the question? Well, like just the general people not freaking out more about this, you know. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, my take on that is, is is that this is kind of. Phenomena B, phenomena A is the crop circles and what they are and the mystery about who makes them and what the, what the symbols might mean. And phenomena B is the human's reaction to the phenomena. It, I mean, it's the same um, if you look at uh, spiritual healers or psychic surgeons or, or if you look at, you know, um, Sasquatch or underground bases or whatever. You know, you're kind of... The word paranormal was invented by some French academics and it just really meant psychic behavior at the time but it's become this kind of umbrella they call it a basket case a basket problem where everything else gets thrown into it so as soon as you mention crop circles ufos you know fairies down the garden orbs of light or whatever you know you're you're one of those people Um, uh, and so um there's there's all that stigma attached it's funny when you talk to people when you say you know like because you get asked you know what do you do for a living oh Research crop circles, and I do. Say, oh, well, well, I know. You're one of those, are you? And and, and then, and then, oh, man. usually, when when they feel safe with you, when people feel safe with you, they tell you they've got a story that they saw a UFO one night on the way home from the pub, or or when they were driving in a car, or or they had some kind of miraculous healing experience. There aren't very many people who haven't got a story to tell you that's strange and weird and unexplainable, right. and yet they'll only do it with you when they feel safe. They're almost like dissidents who hide in corners, you know, in little rooms and talk about these things when they feel safe. But but for the mainstream, you know, there's there's this kind of knee-jerk reaction. Oh, right, you saw one of those, did you? What drugs were you on that night? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I have a lot of friends in California, and I think it was day before yesterday, um, or a couple days ago, there was, a, there was an earthquake. It was in the morning, you know, and uh, not a big deal, and California happens a lot. 
But the interest, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine um, that had slept through it. And he's like, well, it was only a four, uh, registered a four, you know, not a big deal, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and we were, uh, I had mentioned this, this uh, talking to you guys uh, coming up. And um, he's like, and he kind of did that too, uh, Gary. He kind of went, oh, some of those people, you know. And I said, well, I said, now hold on. I said, you accepted this earthquake, right? It's not a big deal and everything. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, you know, I think, I can't remember the exact date, but I think it was in the 20s, early 20s, plate tectonics was paranormal. Everybody thought that was strange science and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I mean, like Rupert Sheldrake, Rupert Rupert Sheldrake kind of did a scientific study, uh, you know, to see whether dogs know if their owners are coming home. Um, because every, everybody, everybody who has a dog says, right. you know, the same story, right? And so, but, but the scientists, the mainstream scientists go, no, it's crazy. How can you possibly, dog can possibly know this? Right? So we did a scientific study, proper controlled circumstances, and proved that it was above chance that dogs run to their window when they know that their, 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 their owner is on their way home. Is it still accepted? Is it accepted by mainstream science? No. So data right. doesn't matter. And everybody's had that experience. Everybody's. I've exactly. had that experience. Exactly. So, so we're told, we're told, and you know what? It's very interesting, right? Politicians, real estate agents, car salesmen, they're the people, if you do, you know, the Gallup do a survey in the United States ever since 1976, right, to see who we trust the most and the least. And, and politicians and car salesmen, all that, they're up there, right? You know who we trust the most right now? Scientists. And yet, scientists, we try, and I respect, I'm not anti-science, I think science is a fantastic thing to gather data, to work out, you know, test hypotheses, and to see what works and what doesn't work in, in the world. Right. But when you have scientists, like, for example, Rupert Sheldrake wrote a book called The Science Delusion. Uh, you know, years ago, the, the actual, the force of gravity isn't fixed, it fluctuates, it moves right. up and down. But, but the scientists, that was inconvenient for their calculations, so they fixed it. Right. Right. So if you go to university now and you spend fifty thousand dollars on your education, right, you think you know something because your professor told you that the force of gravity is this. And you right. look it up and it's But it's not true. Right. It's not And so we're in a position right now, particularly with the pandemic, where we think, Oh, look to science, look to science, look to science and look at how many how many of them disagree with each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> They can't even agree on eggs, you know, if eggs are good for you or bad for you. And there was a <laughs> there was an article there was an article that was recently published actually about the hydron, uh, you know, collider, mm-hmm. the CERN CERN experiment, right? And something that happened recently when they were doing their tests, um, a physics sort of problem that they were posed with completely turns all of their equations of how physics should work on its head Mm. because of one of their recent experiments. Um, It basically, what happened, defies the laws of physics. So in my mind, and I'm pretty sure many other uh, intelligent people's minds, is, well, you have to rewrite the laws then because we've been following these same laws in science since, you know, Isaac Newton had an apple fall on his head. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Right? Like, come on, guys. Get with well, it. it. Like, start to challenge issue, each other. 
is, is you, you've got Einstein's theory, um, which you know, and, and quantum physics, which violently confronts uh, Newtonian physics. Right. And yet, both are true, but both can't be true, and that's the world we live in. How do you reconcile? Yeah. How do you square that circle, as they say? <laughs> well, Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it, it all starts from the bottom and goes to the top. And when you're a scientist brought along by an early theory and you have to get your uh you know your bachelor of science degree then your masters then mm. your phd you have to start getting your bachelors by accepting certain theories that are already there right I'm and if you're yeah if you're accepting a theory that's already there and that theory hasn't been challenged or rewritten because it's a little bit dated now well there's the problem right there you basically yeah. are creating an institution of worship rather than creating an institution of new ideas. Right. Mm. And then you've got, all the peer, you've got all the peers, you know, like once they get elevated to the lofty, tenured position of, you know, professor, um, you, 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 you've got, like, for example, with doctors, you, know, you can't question their superiors. It's right. ridiculous to question it. So there's this whole old boys club, isn't there, that's involved in the in the community of scientists when they get to those lofty, lofty heights. For sure. Absolutely. And sometimes things just work. You know, uh, my wife, my wife is very, she's one of these uh, gals, uh, I love her to death, and she's very into crystals and, you know, she burns sage in the house um, every so often. She burned so much sage the last time she was doing it, the smoke detectors went off, you know. <laughs> I said, man, we must, we must have some negativity in here. You know, and me and the dog kind of look at her and, you know, oh, mom's doing this again. But you know what? It makes her happy. And she, you know, she, she was having some back problems and stuff, and she did this crystal stuff with her and her, one of her girlfriends, and and it worked for her. So, you know, I'm not going to sit and poo her what she's doing because it, I can't argue with the results. <laughs> you know, I mean, it worked. Um and maybe if, if that's a placebo, well, then fine. You know, it, regardless, the, the problem was solved. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free if you're a VIP member. You can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. 
Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another, a friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. I think so much, you know, the crop circle thing is so strange. Um, you know, are, are these messages? Are they, are they trying to, is, are aliens trying to communicate this way? And, you know, people are like, well, they fly across the universe and they're going to communicate by bending, you know, barley in a wheat field. I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know any alien. Maybe they do. Who's to say? You know? If, if, if know. somebody, yeah, if somebody is a complete, like, illiterate on the UFO phenomenon, they would ask that question um, because they don't know that you know we have a history of shooting at ufos right. we have a history of engaging aggressively exactly. and uh you know the battle of la is a real incident where we unloaded hundreds of shells into the sky to take down an object floating over los angeles in the 1940s and then people talk about roswell new mexico the the roswell incident in 1947 which you know we the the american Air Force said, we have a crash craft, and then they came the next day and said to the newspapers, oh, recant that. Actually, it's just a weather balloon. Right. So, uh, you know, we have a history of cover-up, of a, an aggressive engagement with these objects. And if you think about the messages that are laid out in crop circles, they're always a peaceful message. Mm. They're never aggressive. And this is a loophole in communication because people report on them. They get shown on the news and uh, they're beautiful and people go out and buy posters of them and put them on their walls. And thousands of people travel to the UK countryside every year to see the newest 
crop circles, they don't stop coming. Right. And uh, there's a continuity of messaging, you know, going back maybe thousands of years. If uh, Gary will, you know, give you a bit of a history lesson on why the UK would be a prevalent place that these show up. Oh yeah, Gary, let us know. Sure. Uh, well, you know, uh, when I went back to university and I did linguistics, one of the biggest things with with communication is is context. Mm. You take things out of context, obviously you get misunderstanding, miscommunication. So the context for the message, the context for the communication of crop circles is where they appear. And they, they're, they're around the country, they're around the world now, obviously they're a global thing. Interestingly, we've, we've kind of loosely plotted, I wouldn't say it's scientific, but you know, in, in the early days it was England, England, England. And then as people began to come from abroad to visit crop circles in England, went back to their own countries, then, weirdly enough, it's almost like the energy followed them, and they started to appear in Germany and Holland and France. Really? Spain, yeah. Um, but England has always remained the hub. You know, out of the sort of 7,000-plus crop circles, 4,000 or more of them have been in the UK. And so I've looked into the history of the area, okay? There's, mm. there's, uh, there's, there's Oliver's Castle, where the, uh, which features in the documentary where the, the orbs make, create that crop circle, that's named after Oliver Cromwell. Um, and, and we all know that historically Oliver Cromwell had big battles with the government of England. Um, there's a lot of history there. Um, if we go back further, the Salisbury Plain, this area, was the first area to be cleared to make way for farming. So this is where we moved from hunter-gatherers and transition mm. into, into controlling nature um, to... Uh, well, it's funny. You can put this two ways, right? Did we domesticate the wheat, or did the did the wheat domesticate us? Because we had to stop, stop and settle then, and, and remain in one place. We had to constantly tend and look after the crop. Um, so, so there's this kind of paradox that Yuval Noah Harari sort of pointed out with our agricultural revolution. But nevertheless, I digress slightly. This is where farming began, and. A surplus of seeds, a surplus of grain, because remember, if you go around in various places, you'll find, uh, especially in England, the corn exchanges, because that was mm. the currency. Yeah? Metrology measurements come from so many lines, uh, pieces of ears of wheat or ears of corn being joined together. So science of literature, metrology, and agriculture are the three things which move us from hunter-gatherers into higher civilization. And that's where it happened in England. And England became very, very wealthy um, once they started to trade these, these grains and then build wealth and then took slaves from Africa and put them out onto the, into the Caribbean to grow sugar and tobacco and more crops that would increase the wealth. And in around 1600, a very famous, there's an obelisk in a kind of Cleopatra's Needle on one of the hills in Wiltshire. And I looked into who, what this was about, why it was put there. And it was ceremoniously put there by uh, a group of elites, people who were involved with the Invisible College, which was, you know, the heretical side of, uh, you know, Newton and all that. But they were mm. part of the Invisible College before it became the Royal Institute uh, as it is today. And this man made his speech. His name is Sir William Petty. And he said, OK, we're now at the stage of the British Empire has amassed all this wealth due to its you know, activities and surplus of grain and growing so many crops, we no longer need a surplus of grain uh, to increase the wealth of the empire. We now need a surplus of souls. 
We need disposable people. Mm. And at the time we made that speech, we had like a population of around 900 million worldwide. And in 400 years, we've gone from 900 million to 9 billion almost. Right. Uh, and we have plenty of disposable souls for the elites who, who instigated all of this to put it together. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that uh, England won the empire race. A lot of us speak English. We took over America. We took over Canada. Absolutely. We took over, right? Uh, we took over all the key parts in the southern hemisphere of Australia and you know, South Africa. And you know. <laughs> we, we got the strategic point and, we, and we're banking. If you want to do any offshore banking, tax-free havens, Britain's the place to go. That's where you have trusts, where you can put all of your assets and all of your ill-gotten gains into a false identity which says that you can use the Ferraris and have the paintings on the wall, but you don't actually own them because they're owned by a trust which can only be facilitated through the Bank of England into an offshore account. That controls most of the money that's run around globally. So why are, the, why are the crop circles chosen there? That's one of the reasons. The other reason is that they hark back to the mystery of Stonehenge and Avebury and the geometry that's contained, hidden geometry that's contained within those structures that those ancestors built. built. So we've got mysteries of the old, together with the mystery of the crop circles of the new. And we are, in essence, being shown a mirror. Mm. This, is where, this is where you've been. This is where the world is, why the world is where it is today, because all we know now is commerce and economics, which stemmed from learning to grow crops. Right. Right, yeah, because that's, that's the atomic structure of it. Really? Exactly. You know? It's deep. It's deep. Um, well, that's amazing. That is amazing. And, you know, I definitely have been places in the world where, and I don't know, you know, I, I guess people call them ley lines and whatnot, you know. Um, from everything, you know, I, I saw those terracotta statues, and I had a re just a weird feeling about it, you know. Um, and I was at Notre Dame, it, the same thing. Uh, England, Stonehenge, um, Portland in the U.S. is weird, you know. Um, I definitely think that there's certain areas that, you, that just seem to be. There seems to be a lot of them in England, though. There seems to be a lot of them in England. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's people who've done some absolutely incredible research on, on you know, old pagan monuments that were obviously replaced by Christian monuments. Um, but, you know, Hamish Miller, dear friend of mine who's passed on now, he wrote a book, um, a groundbreaking book on ley lines. And, he, 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 you know, he went right through the country and mapped the ley lines and showed how they all kind of intertwined through these old pagan sites, including the stone circles, and go right across from east to west and north south um there there is there is definitely something in it no question well it's it's very it's interesting you know and and with the crop circles I, again it's just so interesting and and because it's so just out there you know um let me ask you this has there, have there ever been is it always usually like grain of some sort um we've had them in we've had them in Okay, so the main three crops are canola, wheat, and barley. Those are the mm. main state crops that grow. But we've got flax seeds, little purple flowers. They've been crops that in that. We've had them in sweet peas. We've had them in corn, in maize. We've had them in trees. I've got photographs in Holland, from Holland, of trees being bent, bent, mm. curved up into circles. Um, uh, what other crops have we had them in? Sweet peas is the most sort of eccentric one I can think of because there's no tractor lines with corn or sweet peas. There's no there's those tractor lines that you see running through the fields. Mm. They appear in wheat, barley, and canola kind of fields. Um, 
yeah, there's a multitude of crops that they've appeared in. That's amazing. It's amazing. And I want to let everybody know again, we uh, we have links on the show page where you can watch the uh, this documentary. It's fascinating and whatnot. Um, now, let me ask you guys this. Did you, did you guys cover everything in the documentary, or is there going to be more information released? Uh, I, I think it, it kind of scratches the surface. Um, gotcha. Gary, Gary has produced uh, a series of 20 episodes for Gaia mm. and uh, on the crop circle phenomenon recently, and he's produced a, a History Channel special um, on crop circles. Um, mind you, they're in Spanish, but, you know, that just shows you the volume of information one could be exposed to about this subject that we just aren't. And uh, I wanted to cover some of the mo more high-profile theories about uh, crop circles in this first documentary, and I hope we can work together again on, on something else. No, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, well, I know no... Again, Darcy, like I said, you're kind of my, my go-to friend on, on things of, of the mysterious, <laughs> the mysterious world. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm happy um, to be that guy for yeah, you. Yeah, well, you know, we met, you had done a documentary on, on the, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, um, and whatnot, I believe, and then we talked about UFOs and, and all kinds of stuff as well after that. Um, I don't, you know, it's just so strange. Um, have, you, have you experienced a, a crop circle? I, I, myself no i have not yet and uh you know when the pandemic goes away i plan to travel to the uk and and witness you. one myself me you and the wives we're gonna have to go over there do it man we're gonna uh you know uh, invade gary's house and oh okay well there you go there you go Oh. And and the interesting thing is that you know they're still showing up. Like last last year, there was a crop circle glyph that showed up, uh, portraying the COVID virus. Really? And and yeah, and Gary did some coverage on that. So it's every year they just keep coming. Wow! Wow! Now, do you think these are like very similar to like the Nazca lines in Peru and whatnot? Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're similar in the point of view that you don't see what they are when you're on the ground and you can only see them from above. There's a kind of spiritual metaphor, I think, in that, in that you know, you can't, you, you can never solve problems from the, on the level on which they were created. You need to rise above them right. through the whole picture, right? So there's a kind of loosely, you know, sort of thing that you need to rise above through the whole picture with crop circles. And one of the famous Nazca line uh, glyphs is uh, the hummingbird. Mm -hmm. and We've had an almost exact replica of that in a crop circle uh, back in, I think, 2009 or 2008. Uh, after 25 years, it started to get a bit vague with the years. I can remember some specifically, but obviously. But, uh, so it's 2008, 2009. There was a beautiful, beautiful hummingbird, again in Bali, um, uh, that appeared at a place called Stanton St. Bernard in, in Wiltshire, um, which, which, when you look at it, you just go, this is, this is from the Nazca Lines. So I think there is some sort of connection to the phenomena of having these designs on the ground that you can't actually see, that you can only see them from above. That's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you know what's going to happen is eventually we will, uh, you know, uh, meet um, extraterrestrials, um, uh, you know, and, and, and have a conversation. And they'll, they'll say, well, what the heck? We've been sending you guys these messages. <laughs> We've been leaving these crop circles for 
hundreds of years, thousands of years. Yeah, that's it. I think I see. I I I, I like. Um, for me, it's always come back to the human condition. This phenomenon B, this 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 human's reaction to the crop circles, uh, how we respond to these things is very always been very interesting to me because it tells us where we. It tells it gives us an indication of why we might be stuck. Mm. Okay, move forward with it. And uh, Whitley Strieber uh, wrote a wonderful book uh, with a guy called Jeffrey Kripal. Who's a who's a historian of mystical literature, mm-hmm. uh, and and in that book, um, Whitley comes up with a statement at the end, which I'll paraphrase. It's something like, "The truth of the ET phenomena is like John, whatever his name is, the guy from I Trojan Horse in the 1970s said, we're all focused on the lights in the sky, but we're not focused on what's happening to us as a result of the lights in the sky, what we're doing to each other, and that's for me where the most interesting things come from." And so Whitley said, the truth of the, the, the UFO phenomena, the truth of the crop circles, the, ultimately this will never come to pass unless it's intertwined with our own truths. And we, we as humans, we have the propensity to adopt staggering amounts of willful blindness to any evidence that's put in front of us. Right. For whatever <laughs> reason. You know? um, and... You know, one of the things that comes out of the UFO phenomena or alien contact, people who say they've been abducted and so on, is is this telepathy mm. that the aliens have. Okay. Now imagine if we were all tele- telepathic. It means you can't lie to each other. Right. It means that all of the little fake, all the little things that the masks you put on, not only to other people but to yourself, need to be removed. Well. If you do that to people, if you if you if you remove their mask, if you if you reveal them in a lie, if you show them that they that they or, or, or that they've got a massive contradiction um, going on inside them, and they didn't really realise it, and you revealed it to them, it's quite interesting what happens to people. They they it's almost like they can't stand on the floor anymore, right. and it can be very very psychologically damaging to have your your the ground removed from beneath your feet you, know, you thought you were standing on solid ground with this idea and then you, re- you didn't realize you were walking around with this contradiction well i believe that's why the, the aliens are being very gentle with us with the crop circles they know how fragile we are and so they put them out in the middle of nowhere and it's entirely our choice whether we whether or not we choose to engage them and when we do there are no ready answers it's almost like they're wise parents that are saying, well, what do you think about this? What's your contribution to this? Rather than saying, believe this, don't do this, do this. Right, right. Well, it's definitely interesting. It's it, you know, I was when I was watching the thing, I, 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 I I'm telling you that, and I'm not trying to be negative or anything like that, but I, I, I did think to myself, you know, when you have mice running through a maze. They probably don't realize they're running through a maze. It's just a long hallway with a lot of turns, you know. Um, right. But if you took one out and raised him up and he looked down, you might say, "Oh, yeah." yeah. It's, it's, it's it's that analogy, wasn't there, years ago with the two D world and the three D world? What was it? Is what the beat do I know? Remember that movie? Right. That was, right. Yeah. Yeah, they used a similar analogy, didn't they? They kind of had this guy walking around in two D world, and then. It was really difficult for him to appreciate 3D, and when, when you do appreciate 3D, it's just like wild. Well, I think we I think there's a similar analogy going on there somewhere. Well, it's an amazing phenomenon, and it's it's super interesting. And I, I just I'm so glad you guys made this documentary. Um, 
It's uh, how long is the documentary, Darcy? About about an hour, fifteen minutes, something like that. Just just over an hour, yeah. Just over an hour, yeah. I thought it was. It wasn't too long, you know what I mean. Um, but at the end of it, I wanted to know more. <laughs> I was kind of, I was like, oh, that's it. I want more. Um, so I hope you guys do do another one, you know. And uh, I definitely want to check out that TV series. Very very cool, gentlemen. Very cool. Well, I know I've had you on for a bit here, and, um, you know, I know you guys are busy. Uh, thank you so much for taking time, though, <laughs> to be on the show oh. and tell about your, uh, the documentary and your fascinating uh, insights into this mysterious phenomenon. Very, very strange. Absolute pleasure. Oh. So cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. I'm really happy to chat with you again about this. and. Look out for more of my stuff in the future. I'll let you know. I'll bring it across your desk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What a fascinating, fascinating uh, documentary and topic. Like I said, I, um, I I may have seemed a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, out of it. I don't know if out of it's probably too strong of a term, but I was, my mind was just whirling. The gears were spinning, man, um, during this conversation because it's just so interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what causes these crop circles, and um, it's just very fascinating to me. Fascinating. Now, you too can watch this documentary. It's, uh, it's out. It's there, baby. Uh, if you head over to um, Darcy's uh, main website there, occultjourneys.com, we have a link up on the show page. And, um, again, uh, www.occult.com. J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S dot com, occultjourneys.com. And, um, yeah, it's a, you know, you get there, and there's, there's a big alien and, and all the gentlemen here, um, you know, the, the subterranean base network, it says. And uh, you scroll down a little bit, and there's a, uh, a big movie poster for Crop Circle Realities. Um, and you, you click on that, and that gets you right over to where you can watch the film um, and, and get the film, uh, on, you know, via Google Play and whatnot. It, this is a cool one, man. This is a cool one. I, I'm telling you, I love this kind of stuff. It, um, you know, yes, uh, a lot of my friends and, and, and fans and people that I know, you know, they all know that I'm, I'm kind of an amateur futurist and, and I'm into science and everything. But one of the coolest things about science is, and I think a lot of people maybe don't understand this, the exciting thing of science is new discovery. And, um, you know, everything, everything that, that we look at in the scientific world at one point was pretty mysterious. And somebody said, ah, that's kind of weird. What is that about? <laughs> and exactly where we're at with um, phenomena such as crop circles, UFOs, cryptids, etc. Um, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's not. But there seems to be an awful lot of uh, these popping up and people experiencing these and experiencing weird effects from them. So, um, you know, it seems, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's uh, uh, kind of a thing that, that tends to happen in the universe. Uh, so check that out, CropCircleRealities.com. You can see the trailer right there on the website as well. And if you scroll down, um, we've got Darcy's other films and whatnot as well. And, man, there's some, you know, 
he made a film about, I, we had him on the show talking about this, about Sasquatch, um, Sasquatch Among the Wild Men, and there's links to all this stuff here. Um, and he's got Gary King on again, uh, Volcanic UFO Mysteries, very, very cool, the UFO Report, um, just all kinds of stuff on here, uh, stuff about being taken, abductions, wow, man, I'm going to have a... Um, a, a mysterious film festival in my house this weekend. I'm telling you, baby. I'm telling you. I love this kind of stuff. Um, so it was a real pleasure uh, to talk to Darcy and Gary and, um, you know, just get my mind going. Uh, the gears turning in there. Uh, it's fascinating. Fascinating. I want to use some of those crop circle designs in some of my paintings. I think they're just really, really cool. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, the conversation, and um, I certainly did. We will be back next time. Uh, this episode, of course, will be, uh, well, this is, uh, we're, we're doing it right now. We're, we're making it a podcast, but it'll be pushed out on all the various social uh, network platforms, uh, the social media platforms, and on all the podcasting platforms. We're on a whole bunch. I mean, like close to 300 of them. I didn't even know there were that many. Uh, but there are, and we're on them all. So you can listen to us, uh, you know, our show, uh, our podcast here on, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or they call it Apple uh, Podcast now. Uh, they changed the name. Uh, Google Podcast, Pandora, you know, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn, anything you can think of, chances are we're probably on it. And uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, also, check out our uh, our sponsors. Uh, they're all really cool as well. And they use their code. They all have a code where you get a deal. So you can save a couple bucks. You know, so you can uh, rent and buy all of the documentaries um, from Darcy and the company. Uh, and uh, just be just be weirded out, man. Just be weirded out for the whole weekend. No, it's it's in a good way. I, like I said, I love this kind of stuff. I, I want to do more, have more guests on, like, like this. It's pretty neat. Okay, folks, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, the Harry Hicks from Sverige. Och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.